everyone and welcome to the final episode of raising bulls for the 2017 season we are the only podcast dedicated to the new york red bulls 2 of usl tonight we're going to be talking about a soul crushing uh conference final defeat in penalty kicks uh where it seemed like maybe they had the edge uh and it slipped away uh we're going to talk about uh a little bit of the the happenings of that game uh, we've got Alan Hankel, uh, who is a sports writer from Kansas City, who covers the uh, Swope Park Rangers. And uh, we're going to finish up giving out some playoff rewards and uh, talking about things in and around USL and, and the team in general for the future. And we've got some questions and a very special segment at the very end uh, that I am so, so excited about. Joining me tonight, we have... Uh, my favorite person that I call the wrong name almost every week. It's Bill Toomey of Bill Toomey Photography. Hello, Bill. Hey, Joe. How you doing? I almost did it again, but because I said almost. it. Almost. Because I said it, I was like, all right. I'm Bill not going to call him Bill T. <laughs> how you doing, Bill? I uh, could be a little bit better. Not the, uh, I guess, the best result that we could have gone over the weekend for sure. But other than that, everything's going good. For either team. You know, I think maybe it was nice of them to get it all out of the way in the same week. Just so we yeah, could all back move to on. Back. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> and, of course, uh, your favorite troll, my favorite troll, it's Anthony Merced of NYC Soccer World. Hello, Anthony. Hello, world. I'm feeling great. I didn't Even though that. this I... is... I, I know you didn't. That's why I'm answering it for you. And I'm feeling great because I can now take a vacation from soccer for a few months. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. It's one of those things where like, Do you realize unexpectedly if, if, you have free time. Yeah. Like, well, you know, because, um, you know, you cover obviously um, Red Bulls, Red Bull 2. I do Red Bulls, Red Bulls 2, NYCFC and the Cosmos. So I'm Cosmos only watching one round. Last time I checked, they were, but, um, you know, you might need an injunction to make sure. <laughs> but uh, the uh, the uh, not only have one one game to watch after this um, really hectic soccer weekend. Yeah, uh, it, I mean, I'll tell you what. I know one person who's very happy about uh, the podcasts uh, slowing down for a while, and that is my wife. She is so glad that I will be able to help out with bedtime every single night of the week now, and not just uh, when there's not a podcast. Yeah, you're lucky. I'm the I'm the one that's still running two other podcasts most days of the week about pro wrestling. So, and that and that doesn't have an off season. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Oh man, thank goodness I don't cover wrestling. All right, let's talk about. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about the game um overall you know not bad sh not a bad showing for red bull 2 uh they had moments where they could have won this they defended i thought pretty well except for one really bad bounce at, at the start of the match which ultimately is really what cost them uh junior flemings has a f 
phenomenal goal. Uh, had he scored this during the regular season, I think it might have it might have won goal this season. But it was a beautiful uh, run in, a chip from like no angle at all. And I mean, you're not talking about a bad goalkeeper in Ranjit Singh. So to beat him the way that he did, uh, beautiful. Uh, and of course, uh, well, well, we'll get to the play, the penalty kick uh, drama in a little bit, but. Anthony, can Red Bull walk out of this season? Even, you know, I know that there were there were times where they struggled. It looked like they had figured things out for the playoffs. They fall short uh, at, you know, the, the absolute latest possible moment that they could. Is the season still a success even with all that? Uh, oh, I, I thought you were going to ask me something different. Is, this, is it a success? No, you didn't win the championship. But, um... Uh, can they keep, hold their heads high? Absolutely. They they were the seven seed team, uh, a team that did not do well on the road all year long. Won two games on the road in the playoffs against superior opponents, and came within really luck when you get the penalty kicks. Yeah. Um. To going back to the um, USL championship game. I mean, you there, there's really no complaints here as to. Um, the level of effort and just the strategy. I mean, like, you know, John Walnick really didn't make any horrible decisions in, in, in this game. Um, it really just came down to the fact that uh, when you get to penalties, it's, it's just a flip of the coin. They might as well just stand in the middle of the field and call heads versus tails five <laughs> times. That is, like, Cause yeah. that's pretty much what penalty kicks are. <laughs> yeah, I agree. That is very much what penalty kicks are. It is such a crapshoot. Uh, last season, Red Bulls win uh, thanks to uh, the, a ball being you know touched off the, the the crossbar. The exact same thing ends up happening for Louisville City this year. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's justice in a way, uh, but you know it was still I think rough uh, to have to watch. Uh, let's let's first talk about <laughs> the way that that played out. Uh, Red Bull goes up. Uh, in the second round, Evan Laurel makes a huge save. They go up three to one, hitting their first three. It looks like we're on the way to what we had seen so many times in, well, so many times, two times in the, the postseason last year, uh, where they, they hit all five of the penalty kicks that they took. Evan Laurel made the one save. They should be good. Upsteps, up steps, young Ben Mines. His shot is saved. Then Ethan Cutler hits a nice shot. It's saved and off the crossbar. And just like that, you know, the, the, the fortune seemed to be smiling on them and uh, evaporated. <laughs> and they're going home. It was it was at, it was an entertaining uh, penalty kick shootout, arguably not as entertaining as the one that happened on the other coast or w- with the other division, rather. Uh, but, you know. You, you got to feel at least a little bit bad, especially for, for Ben Mines to be in that situation. It's definitely a tough place to have to uh, come up with, with, you know, those nerves of steel. And he's got to feel at least a little bit let down. I'm sure that the team is not all over him for missing that, that shot. But uh, it, it's a tough thing as a young player to have to go through. No, I mean, he, I mean you can't really... When, when you get to that point and his substitution at the time that it happened made complete sense. Um, but unfortunately, you know, you go to penalties and, and you get to that stage. 
I don't know whether or not he's um, I, he probably doesn't take very many penalties, uh, you know, seriously um, at this point um, on that kind of a level. So you get there, your mind's racing. Holy moly, you know, everything's on the line now and you you have a bad penalty kick. I, I don't feel bad for him. I, I, I think that it's, it's an opportunity for him to learn and to know what to do next time. Which is um, which is why I don't feel like um, a, any kind of disappointment in this team or in Ben Mines at all. So, and, and I'm sure that John Wolnick, that's the first thing he probably told him. He probably called him over and said, "Hey, listen, you didn't have a good penalty kick, but don't worry about it. You're gonna get a million more shots at this. So it's 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 not that big of a deal. Um, yes, they didn't go to the championship game, but he's he's not the reason why. Um, and you know, when you get to a penalty shootout, that just means you should have scored in regulation and you didn't. Yep. Yep, exactly. I thought overall this was a really entertaining match. Uh, as far as the stat line was concerned, everything was almost uh, even. Possession, uh, duels won, uh, shots. I think it was what, 18 to 17 in favor of yeah. Louisville. Obviously more on target for Louisville, but it was just a really fun game. It was like frantic and, and uh, very high energy, especially as the game was winding down. And it was played on a baseball field. <laughs> and it was played on a yeah. baseball field. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, I got to give credit to Louisville City. <laughs> Bill, uh, what maybe stood out to you uh, in terms of uh, how the Red Bulls played in this match versus how they had been playing? And is it is it just the case of, you know, Louisville's a little bit more experienced and organized in the back, and that was the difference? I think it's part of that, and I also think it's part of the fact that they were playing in front of a what seemed to be sold-out home crowd that uh, was rooting against them, and they really tried their best, and there was even a part in extra time there where, you know, uh, I think it was Cutler who had the nice shot from the set piece that was saved. So, I mean, they were really putting all they had into it, and they just didn't come up with the win. Yeah, it was definitely a little bit unfortunate uh, for the team, but so goes, so it goes. Uh, let's talk about man of the match. Who you got? I'm going Junior Flemings on this one because that goal was spectacular, and you really, I mean, that they don't go to extra time. It's over in regulation, and they really didn't produce much, very few other opportunities, so it's all to him. And, I mean, arguably he had another... I think at least one chance uh, that he just missed. There was a number uh, of uh, opportunities on set pieces that that they couldn't quite get off. Uh, so he had to take the team on his back in that moment, uh, made a great run, and yeah, he, he kept them in it. He did what he had to do. The rest of the team, unfortunately, couldn't put him over the hump. Uh, Bill, who do you got? I have to agree with Anthony to the angle of that shot. I was like, did that just go in? <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. That was one, one heck of a shot from Junior Fleming. So definitely uh, he's the man of the match for me, and that might be the goal of the entire season for me too because that was pretty spectacular. If, if you scored that goal in FIFA, you would yell about how this game is glitchy. <laughs> it's so, so glitchy. Those are my, you're like, man, nobody scores a goal from right there. Those are my <laughs> favorite kinds of goals in real life. When you're like, if that happened in FIFA, I would be so angry because I'd be like, this isn't real. <laughs> this game's stupid. <laughs> He's offside. <laughs> I'm going to give it to Evan Loro. Uh, not, not just to be different from you guys, but I thought that 
he did a very, very good job of, of keeping Red Bull in the match in the same way that Flemings did, obviously, on the other side of the field. He stepped up. For a goalkeeper, I think, you know, when you get into a penalty shootout situation, getting one save should be enough uh, to keep your team or to put your team over the top. Uh, he did that. Unfortunately, that was not enough. Uh, and it is what it is. So, yeah, uh, Junior Flemings, Evan Loro. Good work, guys. You're such a troll. That's not a troll. Had to be different. Had to be different. Yep. Can never agree. <laughs> yep. We've agreed. Had to be different for the sake of being so different. So many times this season. I don't want you to last show of the season. He still you. can't agree with us. Yep. How dare you? Of course I could agree with you. I want to fight with you about not agreeing with you. <laughs> yeah, right, troll now. <laughs> Tell me how you agree with you, Bill. Tell me! Sure. <laughs> Why are you saying that? I don't agree with you ever. It's my show. You better agree. I just want to. We could just. Uh, we could do sports yelling and just fight in circles. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That'd be perfect. That's our new podcast show. Yes. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, when we come back, I've got my interview with Alan Henkel, sports writer for Kansas City. Stick around. joined now uh, by a soccer writer from Kansas City. It's Mr. Alan Hankel. Alan, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. So I would love to talk about the journey of this team and how they got to the final this year. Uh, two grueling PK wins, grinding out results throughout the season, uh, obviously overcoming some tough stretches. Uh, is this, does it feel like destiny for, for Swope Park this year? Um... Almost. Um, Nikola Popovich, when he took over for Mark DeSantos after the end of last year, said that he wanted to take the team one step further than last year. And as a Red Bulls 2 supporter, you already know how last year ended. Um, so it, it almost feels that way, um, especially after the... Uh, little controversy we had over where the conference semifinal was going to be played uh, with USL saying, Hey, we're going to throw the game to Sacramento, even though they're the eight seed. Um, so it, it it's, uh, it, it almost feels like destiny. Yeah. That was a, a really weird situation. I'm glad that that ended up getting resolved. Uh, so uh, specifically, I'd like to talk a little bit about uh, this, this win over OKC and PKs, uh, one of the longest PK shootouts that uh, I've seen uh, of late, uh, and <laughs> kind of crazy that it came down to the the, the goalkeepers. Uh, but Zendejas, I thought, uh, had a, a very good game. It looked like uh, Swope Park was going to win early on in the shootout, uh, but and again, yeah. even in round nine, it, <laughs> they had an opportunity, uh, but it just kept going. How did the team keep focus and? You know, how much credit uh, should they give to Zendejas for the form that he's been in? Um, I would give a lot of the credit to Zendejas for the form he's been in. He's been um, pretty much lights out uh, as far as uh, as far as the Rangers 
this season. Uh, he has uh, spent some time uh, in the backup slot for uh, Sporting KC after uh, Amelia got injured. Uh, but he's been... He, one of the things I love about the organization is that they're good players, but they're better people. So it's easy to root for a guy like Adrian. Um, but then in that shootout, it was almost like it, you could almost tell just looking at him when he was stepping up to take his PK, he's like, fine, I'll do it myself. <laughs> and then, and then buries the PK. Um, so it's, I think a lot of the credit goes to him, but then it's, it's been a lot, it's always been a team thing. It, it's not one of these, um, not one of these teams where one guy's like, okay, I'm, I'm the best guy here. So you all need to, uh, help me. No, it's, it's always been a team effort. I, I get a sense of that a lot from the MLS two sides that I've kind of seen. Uh, these academy players, I think, are, are mature beyond their years, and a system like this, I think, has been really helpful for them. Um, but you know, at the same time, we're looking around the league. It looks like a number of those those teams are going to fold, um, seemingly uh, for financial reasons. But is the long term uh, gain worth it uh, for for clubs to, to make the investment? And is it a better fit for reserve players than uh, the reserve league of years past? Well, I, I think it is a better fit than the reserve league, if only because, uh, as Peter Burmese has said uh, several times, that basically the Rangers serve as a bridge. Uh, between the academy and the first team, um, and we've we've seen a lot of academy kids get time with the Rangers this year, and uh, some of them have now even signed uh, MLS contracts, uh, like uh, Amir Dzidic, uh for example. So I, I and especially especially in a organization like Sporting KC where they want to play uh, a certain way and they can instill that in the academy continue it through the Rangers and then on to the first team and that that's been I think a, a big boon uh, for these types of sides and obviously you know the results are there with these teams uh, continually finding their way deep into playoff runs um, have you got a sense that the team has evolved at all under uh, new coach Nikola Popovich or is it is it still kind of uh, because of their ties with the MLS side and, and the system that they play is it kind of you know just handing the reins over to something that's a little bit uh, more carefully curated from a from the higher level I think it's more of a uh, carefully curated thing from uh, from the first team uh, because as Peter Burmes is the technical director for both clubs. Um, he he keeps a pretty um, pretty close eye on what goes on with the Rangers. Um, in fact, they don't even actually train 
at the same time anymore. So that gives him an opportunity to watch training more often. Um, so they, they have evolved a little bit in that um, with the addition of uh, Carlton Belmar, uh, and he led the team with, I believe, 15, 15 goals, including playoffs. Uh, but it's, it's basically a, a top-down uh, kind of a thing with uh, SKC. Fair, very fair. Um, it, because of the nature of USL, it's hard to get a real idea of how these teams are going to match up. Uh, is this going to be another one of those tense, hard-fought matches that comes down to PKs? It could. Um, the the thing with uh, the Rangers is their their defense uh, wins games more than their offense does. Um, now that's not to say not that's not to say that they don't score a lot of goals. They do, but uh, they're more likely to grind out a one nil or two one win then blow somebody out four nil so with that in mind uh do you have a prediction for, for the game this coming well is it is this weekend right um yeah yeah it uh coming up uh on monday um well this is going to sound a little silly but um with the uh, the red cor- uh, as Steve Bresendine of uh, MLSsoccer.com calls them the red pants of death um, he keeps them behind the uh, visiting goal um, to suck the ball into that goal and keep it away from the Rangers goal and it's it seems to be science because whenever the pants are Behind that goal, the Rangers seem to win, uh, and the pants will and the pants will be going to Louisville. Um, I have a I have a feeling that all all that all that aside, I think this team. Several of the players have talked about unfinished business from last year. Uh, guys like Tyler Pasher and. Uh, Adrian Zendejas and Captain Christian Duke, uh, they, I think they feel uh, that they need to take it one step further than last year, and that would mean winning. So I would say if I want to say it's going to be one nil uh, Rangers, uh, but I would not put it past uh, going all the way to PKs. Very fair. And I think, you know, a lot of those talking points uh, are true for Louisville, too. This is their uh, first time in the final three years in a row of getting to that conference final and falling short. So uh, whoever wins, I think it's going to be a really exciting matchup. Um, thank you so much for joining us, Alan. Uh, I, we, do a thing a with, we do a thing with guests where we, uh, we do a lightning round. We ask a couple of very silly one-off questions. Uh, are you ready? Okay. Okay. Yes, I am. <laughs> Popcorn, yes or no? Yes. Arsene Wenger in or Arsene Wenger out? As a Liverpool fan, in. Oh, good. After my own heart. Uh, Star Wars or Star Trek? Both. Ooh. (laughs) 
Um, Marvel or DC? Um, hmm. Comic books, DC, but the, Mar- uh, the Marvel movies seem to be better sometimes. Fair, very fair. And last but not least, who's going to win the Champions League this year? Uh, hmm. That's a good question. Um, as much as I hate to say it, uh, possibly, uh, possibly Man City. That would be something. Uh, they have struggled mightily in UCL. Man, I would like it to be Liverpool, but I do not see that happen. Yeah, not not with the defense that we've been playing. No. <laughs> it's exactly right. Well, Alan, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, best of luck for this coming week, and uh, hopefully we can have you on again soon. All right. Thank you. All right. Take care. When we come back, we're going to be uh, breaking down the end-of-season thoughts. Stick around. And we're back with our final segment of the season. It is it has been a very long season for us cuz we we started midway through uh, last year. We didn't do a full season. So this is this is our first time having to to put out the number of episodes that we did we did over 30 episodes this year anthony uh and bill the it, it is a crazy amount of work uh, that has gone into this and uh i i'm proud but i'm also glad that we're gonna get a break coming up we we did 35 episodes I, I mean, it didn't seem that bad for me Whew. yeah yeah because you guys aren't organizing the the dang show you just get to like come I said, on I've and... got those pro wrestling podcasts. I have to do it every single week. That's, it's, that's true. I mean, it's fun. It is fun. But, but then again, but to be fair, I, I don't have kids. So that that is a, another big difference. Yeah. You know, yeah. So. <laughs> and you don't have to travel to Montclair. So. Well, yeah, not that he doesn't that's have it, to. That's a good point, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, Gary Redman is going to take oh, your God. place in, in terms of doing a uh, uh, a preview uh, or a live stream preview uh, of home games next year because I can't rely on you. Even after I told you I'd pick you up, never mind. Let's move on. <laughs> I'll talk about that later too because I do have a plan for next year. Okay, good. Uh, all right, let's give out some awards for the playoffs, specific only to the playoffs. Uh, starting, who was? Or well, no, actually, we'll we'll go in reverse. Moment of the playoffs. What was the moment for you? Uh, in terms of, of maybe storyline or just uh, uh, an amazing play, something that really uh, turned your head. Let's start with you, Bill. I would say for me, it's uh, when they go on the road and they're they're winning 4-0 against the Charleston Battery. I was not expecting that uh, at all, really. So that would be the moment of the playoffs for me because that's really what kicked things into gear. Yeah, I think... Yeah, well, definitely me because I'm pessimistic. But heading into that match, you know, I was maybe expecting them to to uh, lose in extra time, and instead, now we're looking at them like, oh, wait, they can make a serious run at this. Anthony, moment of the playoffs. Uh, to me, the moment of the playoffs was Junior Fleming's um, getting taken down in Tampa Bay to earn that penalty opportunity. 
it was a moment where I realized that this team really did have a legitimate shot at going all the way because they were able to create such um, such strong opportunities and especially late in games. So um, or at late so midway through games, I should say, because I, I believe that was around like the 54th minute or something in Tampa Bay. Uh, but that was kind of a, a really big momentum-turning moment. So I'm going to label Junior Fleming's earning that penalty. I'm also going to pick something from that game. Uh, and it is Evan Loro's save uh, from a shot within the six-yard box directly in front of him. Uh, he is dead to rights. Somehow, no goal. And that, to me, uh, was everything uh, in terms of his performance in that in that game the way that the team uh, stayed together and, and found a way to get a result uh, in a very difficult place to win. Uh, okay, goal of the playoffs. This time I'll start with you, Anthony. Junior Flemings can't can't go. I mean, I know I'm, I'm kind of like Junior Flemings uh, fan club here, but like that, that goal that he scored in Louisville is probably, in my mind, USL goal of the year. Wow, okay. Uh, I'll take it. Bill? I have to agree with Anthony, too. I was going to say the same thing. That goal, before I said it's goal of the season, it's definitely my goal. The playoffs, for sure. That is a great one. Because you guys did that, I feel like I have to at least call out one other goal. Oh! oh. <laughs> That's my favorite. Uh, oh, really, it's, it's, it's two other goals. Okay. Uh, Ethan Cutler's, uh, I guess, you know, uh, icing on the cake in Charleston, the, the set piece from... Oh, no, that was Ben Mines who got the last one. Uh, so his was the third goal in the game. Uh, it was a set piece. Uh, they dummied the ball up to the top of the box. Cutler, who has not scored the entire season, uh, has been playing as a wingback. Uh, beautiful shot. Beautiful, beautiful shot. But, you know, again, I'm really only picking a different one because I, I want to be different. <laughs> but that junior goal was so nice. Okay. Uh, playoff. Go back to you calling me a troll. <laughs> Again, I'm not trying to make anyone fight. I'm just trying to also highlight some other stuff because it it could be boring if we're only saying the same things as each other. Like, I like you. I like you, too. I like you, three. Moving on. Uh, Oh, I didn't say I liked you. But do you (laughs) like like me, Anthony? Well, he did say before that he likes talking to you. There you go. Check yes. I do like no. talking to you. Or no, I don't maybe. know if I like like you, but do I like 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 you? Maybe. I made I made one of those paper things. Okay, uh, pick a pick a a color first to start. Ooh, yeah. green. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, a, a number one through four. Uh, three. Okay, and. Uh, you pick uh, a holiday. Oh, Thanksgiving. Oh, Anthony, it says your crush likes you. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a long season, guys. Okay. uh... You know, most of my younger audience probably will have no idea what we're talking about when you said that, but, uh... It was just inside enough. <laughs> let's, oh let's talk playoff MVP, Bill. Uh, playoff MVP, Stefano Bonomo. All right, fair. Anthony? I'm going to go. I'm going to agree. Stefano Bonomo, 
bunch of goals, really was in the right place at the right time. This team wouldn't have gotten as far as they did without him. Yes. I'm going to split this, though. I agree that Bonomo uh. was... Well, I uh, th- there was another guy who I think deserves some credit, and that wait, was it. wait, it's gonna be Evan Loro. That's right? exactly right. It was Evan Loro, uh, <laughs> because he came up really big into big games. He had not played at the level uh, that he played at in the playoffs this season. I think he really raised his game when it mattered most, and that was super impressive to see. Okay, uh, we made it through those. Good job, everybody. All right, a couple of uh, a couple of things to talk about before we head into some fan questions. First, uh, this happened last week, but because of the playoffs, we decided to, to push the discussion about it to this week. USL uh, branded a number of leagues, uh, the USL Championship, USL League One, and USL League Two, uh, obviously very reminiscent of the English football system. And it raises the question, is pro rel coming to the United States? Anthony, what do you think? I hope so. I mean, this is probably the best way that it can be done. I've never been a proponent of pro rel in the European sense here in the United States because MLS exists as such an American sports model that I don't think it's fair to force them into something um, that they never bought into. But if the USL is going to start a division three, um, if they're planning on expanding beyond that, uh, the idea of internally having promotion and relegation um, planned out to do so is, is a really fun thing in the lower divisions. And let's face it, you go from USL D3 to USL, you know, let's say, you know, whatever they call it, USL League One to the USL Championship or League Two to League One. It's, um, you know, there's not much of a difference other than, you know, just the the name of the league so i think it's a um i think it's a really awesome thing and a really fun incentive to make the leagues feel a little more european yeah i i definitely agree with that i think right now what usl is at 30 teams this season right um breaking that down to uh, you know maybe a couple of 15 team uh, leagues could be really cool to do i mean it would end up being kind of a shorter season because of that uh you would only have 28 games. So maybe they'd have to figure out a way to, you know, add a third in there for like rivalries or something and travel could be an issue, but doing home and home, uh, in a 15 team league, uh, at each level with uh, normal promotion relegation at the lower levels, you know, you hit the nail on the head uh, in terms of, uh, why it would be difficult for that to integrate into the current MLS model. But at the lower divisions where I don't think, like a, the the fans in Cincinnati, I don't think would suddenly disappear if they ended up in League One versus the championship. You know, so this is the kind of uh, of of level of soccer in this country that could do this. It could help in terms of making sure that players understand how to play for their jobs and focus on every game and and make sure that the season matters for something. Uh, and I think it could be a really cool way to kind of, you know, uh, forge these young players uh, through the fire. Bill, do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, I'm just kind of thinking, where are they going to get all these teams from? Well, really, I mean, look, you've got uh, North Carolina FC is coming next year, right? Has that been confirmed? Uh, it's unofficially official. Okay. You've got uh, <laughs> Bir- Birmingham is coming in, right? 
Mm-hmm. San Francisco? I thought I heard talk about no. them. No, no San also Diego. Vegas, right? San Diego, thank you. I knew there was something yeah. in California I couldn't remember. Uh, but so you have these teams kind of trickling in. And especially if they're going to start in like a third division, uh, that could be a way to get some of those uh, MLS2 teams that are rumored to be contracting uh, to kind of bring them back in because it could be a smaller commit in terms of, you know, what you might need to have for infrastructure. So I think there's uh, also just a, to, yeah, to mention the other markets that are just because I, I kind of like live in these lower leagues. Sure. Um, uh, Macon, Georgia is one area that's also been investigated as a potential area. Lexington, Kentucky is one of them. Hartford as well. Hartford, people don't know if Hartford is going to be a, um, USL D2 or USL D3 um, area, but that's one as well. So there's there's a bunch of smaller markets. I know um, it hasn't really been making the rounds, but a potential team in Maine as well is has been has been floated. So it, it'll be it it'll be places that you don't really think about. Uh, minor league baseball towns, mm-hmm. uh, you know that that um, are, are, are big strongholds, but not necessarily big markets that you would see in MLS are the kinds of places, double uh, A markets yeah. um, for those people that watch baseball. Yeah. So that could be really, really good. I think that could be a, a, a really fun story to watch, even if it doesn't end up being pro rel, uh, just having that much uh, in the lower divisions, I think could be really fun. Well, the, the other thing is, is the discussion of a, um, the, a Vincent Paint style trophy um which is usl doing their own version of a of a lower division um knockout uh competition across all it, the it's awesome. leagues yeah yeah, yeah the um so you know it, yeah in england they have that like everything in the english football leagues i don't think a lot of people know this um know the history of the of the english premier league but the premier league is not part of the english football league right you know, which which is why the championship is is known is is English football and everything, but the EFL and below. Um, so they all have they have their own version of quote unquote the FA Cup that isn't the FA Cup. They all compete in it, but um, and 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 they all compete for for that trophy. I don't know what it's called the, this year. They they it was finally the got a Johnston's Payton trophy, right? That's what that was. Johnson's Paint. I don't know why I said Vincent Paint. You're right, Johnson Paint. Yeah. Okay. I thought that that's what you were talking about, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to step on your yeah, toes because yeah. I thought maybe there was. I've never there. looked. I, I, I'm a Manchester United fan, so I've never had to deal with anything below. Oh boy. One and then you know the, neither of you since you've been watching the Premier League, Liverpool has always been in the Premier League. That, that's so you never had to deal with this either. But remember the what are you, story? Leeds fan? You no. are you waiting for the War of the Roses to come back? Hartlepool. Remember I was telling you about Hartlepool and how I embarrassed myself Hartley- by calling them Hartlepool. Hartlepool. Yeah. Hartlepool. <laughs> <laughs> which Hartlepool's not even in the football league anymore. They are conference now. It's just bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. Uh, okay. Uh, other uh, big news today. I did not mention this in our, uh, our little pregame lead up, but uh, Tyler Adams called into the U S men's national team. Woo. That's my Ric Flair. Uh, maybe it's not Woo. as excited. Yeah. But, uh, way to go, Wait, Tyler! Did you do that intentionally? Yeah, because his his thirty for thirty came out tonight. Oh, that I didn't know. That was not part of my woo. Uh, but yeah, yeah, ESPN <laughs> thirty for thirty, Ric Flair. I'm definitely looking forward to that. Uh, but Tyler Adams last year playing in USL, this year, uh, men's national team. That's a pretty meteoric rise, I would say. Yeah, it would never would have happened if uh, if the team made the World Cup. 
Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, <duh. laughs> let, 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 let's keep all of this in perspective here. <laughs> still, still, this is really great news for a, a player yeah, that I think has worked really super hard. I don't think I, where I thought you were going to go with this was never would have happened if this team didn't exist. Uh, having the the USL two or not USL two the Red Bull two team and having the chance to to play the minutes that he has over the last two seasons uh, kept his his path and his growth on track. And now we're getting to see you know what he's capable of, and hopefully the ceiling is even higher. Yeah, and there's also rumors of teams in Europe interested in him at this point. So we'll see um, how how that goes. Yeah, hopefully we – well, not we because I'm not a uh, part owner of the team. But hopefully the Red Bulls don't lose him <laughs> this offseason. Uh, they probably will in a typical Red Bull fashion. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the, and, and it's not just them. I don't know if you heard the rumors, but um, NYCFC Jack, NYCFC's Jack Harrison is rumored to be uh, the the – or at least West Ham has an eye for them for him right now. Oh, poor West Ham. I thought they were. I was about to say poor Jack Harrison. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Go play for the hammers. Jeez. I don't know about seeing him in a physical league like that, but we'll see. Um, He's already in a physical league. I mean, I've watched this MLS season. I have, I have. And I also watched him get shut down pretty heavily coming up against the likes of Alex Mweel and Tyler Adams. Um, let's talk about Omer Fernandez. He is a freshman at Wake Forest. He spent some time with Red Bull, uh, two in the, um, early part of the season and preseason, uh, his freshman season, he scored five goals, five assists playing for Wake Forest. Uh, I believe they're the number two team in the nation. Let's, let's fact check that. Um, that's fantastic. Way to go. Way to go. Omer Fernandez. Uh, is is Wake Forest? Um, are they Big Ten? I'm really bad. I apologize. I'm, ACC. ACC. Okay, yeah. I'm really bad with college uh, college like, A- rankings. ACC has a number of very good teams uh, that are generally in the top ten. Um, they've got North Carolina, Duke, Clemson, Louisville, uh, Notre Dame, uh, Virginia. So like these are, I would say. Virginia or Virginia Tech? Uh, both. Both are there. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so they, they've got a number of very good teams uh, that are generally towards the top of those rankings. So uh, not an easy uh, place to have to play. Uh, Wake Forest this year, 16-1-1 record, 6-0 and on the road. That's awesome. And 10-1-1 at home. Uh, fantastic. They, they are definitely one of the front runners for the NCAA tournament, which is coming up, I think, in a couple of weeks. Uh, also playing for Wake Forest, Kevin Pulitz. Uh, he's the ACC Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, also a Red Bull uh, Academy player. Um, I, I mean, these are great honors. Obviously, college soccer is not <laughs> what um, not what it used to be. Uh, is maybe the nicest way to say that. Uh, well, I don't know if it ever was anything, but it but it is a. Um, if it ever it was is... everything, are you kidding me? Uh, are you no. kidding me right now? No, like oh, I don't God. care. Somebody can fight me over this, but like it's um. Well, what I mean to say by that is, it doesn't necessarily mean that it becomes anything. I'm just gonna ignore you. Um, <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't mean that. Um, it doesn't mean anything for the pro game, and that's actually not just college. Soccer, that's college football. That's kind of a lot of 
college sports in general. It, it's it's a great addition for those players to have to play game meaningful games and be able to get experience, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to become anything on on the pro level. Isn't that like still not exactly true though? Because the the guys who are drafted at the top of the board, not all of them obviously, uh, but they're been but they're a- at the top of the board. They were they were always headed there no matter what, and they're just mm-hmm. getting minutes. Uh, I don't know if that's true. Uh, like for instance, I don't know, like, oh man, there's this guy, he's going to go to West Ham, I think is what I heard. Uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, John, oh, Jack Harrison. John, oh, Jack Harrison. Right. He was, he, he, was, you I mean, mean, he yeah, played for yeah, the, the guy Forest. who got minutes down there, but really was, um, was in a whole bunch of other private or not, I wouldn't say they were private, but like youth systems along the way. And it, like, it's not like he went to whatever school. I don't remember what school he went to, Wake Forest. but like, um, Wake Forest, but like it's not like he went there and got taught how to be a soccer player. No, like a lot of these guys go there and 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 they they get continued minutes. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to insult the college system. What I'm trying to say is, it's it's a lot in when when it comes to soccer, much like baseball, um, they're they're getting more minutes more than anything else. That that's all it is. Okay, just uh, very quickly. Number eight overall selection in this year's super draft julian gressel okay i mean did you not hear what i just said i mean I most of the said. work is most of the work said. is done by by the by the academies beforehand uh i don't know if i'll fully agree with that but i mean certainly certainly some a lot of these guys don't, they don't spend four years there like if you think about like Derek etienne is a good example of that you know was it one year before becoming you know becoming a pro it, it it's not like um it's not like they're going there like I can't talk for the guys in the nineties or anything like that or in the early two thousands, but modern day guys who who go to the college system, I mean, you know, they're getting a year of games. Like um like Julian but that's Gressel. It. Like Julian Gressel, like Derek Etienne, like he, he um he spent three years at Providence. <laughs> Providence. Yeah, exactly. Who at Providence. Providence. That's right. Who's Providence? All right. <laughs> The point. What the system point is, is he in, by the way? What system? He's yeah, in, like, well, like I, what team? I believe Sega Who's Genesis. Who's got it? No, fuck off. I'm, oh, whoops, sorry. <laughs> I'm going to have to bleep that I one. I am going to bleep oh. that He plays for Atlanta. He was, uh, I believe he's going to be Rookie of the Year this year. Oh, that's right. He was Atlanta. Um. Okay. Yeah, so I'll give you that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are in that curse, by the way, but okay. I know. I I slowly drew you in, and then I stabbed you in the heart. <laughs> but, I, but I will stand by what I said. Like I, you know, look, the college system is not the thing that's developing these players. It's the systems like the Red Bull youth system, like um, not necessarily NYCFC, but like you know, a lot of the other teams that have well-developed youth systems. They're going to college to get some extra minutes, and that's it. That's what, that, that's how I'm I'm feeling it. I won't give Wake Forest. Or Virginia Tech credit for guys like Derek Etienne or um, anyone else. Not to, uh, not to take this so far off track, but the other value of yeah. college is that um, as opposed to just pulling these guys up from the academy system, in some ways a lot of those guys have gone through more of a maturing process because they've had to live on their own for a little while and kind of learn to be yeah. adults on their own. Uh, so there is still some value in that. But all right, let's move on. Well, I'm, I'm not saying there isn't value in that. I, I just want to make that very clear. I'm not saying there isn't value in that. I'm just saying that a majority of their soccer IQ and and soccer um, 
wherewithal comes a lot from the academies more so than it comes from the college system. That's all I'm trying to say. Okay. I'll take it, but I don't necessarily agree. Okay. Uh, we've got some questions. We've got three questions. Two of them are kind oh, of the same. So I'm going to read, I'm going to read those two, uh, just kind of back to back and then we can talk about it a little bit. Um, this first one comes from Gene Hamoud. He says, Hey guys, first off, let me slip in the obligatory fan gratitude. Love the podcast. You guys do a great job covering RB2 and Woo. I love to hear your insight and comments each week. Keep up the great work. I have a few questions. Okay, actually, all right. So I said that he has the same one as the next one, but this first one's a little bit different, so we can pause after it and kind of go through it. First, with Evan Loro seemingly <laughs> locking up the primary GK, GK, why did I say GK? Goalkeeping duties later this year. How do you see the position shaking out next year? Do you think Loro will get the bulk of the playing time? And if so, where does that leave Rafa Diaz? Well, uh, Anthony, I'll, I'll throw this one to you first. Uh, all of that depends on whether or not uh, Luis Robles comes back next year. I, I personally believe Luis Robles will be back. I don't see any reason for him to go. Not saying that I know anything about the sort. But this, the New York Red Bulls have a tendency to pull surprises out, out of you. Um, guys that you think are lifers end up leaving. So um, if Luis Robles is there, which I anticipate... I do see Evan Loro playing the entire year um, for New York Red Bull 2 next year. Right. That's just his job now. That's how I feel about it as well. Um, okay. Second, do you think any of the current RB2 players end up making their way to the first team roster next year? I feel like Florian Velo has realistic shot after how strong he finished the season. Hassan and Dom seems like another possibility, but he may be best served with another year to develop. Powder and Flemings are also inter- interesting cases. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks, guys. Gene H. Um, okay, and that kind of wraps up into the next question. Uh, so before we tackle that, I'll, I'll read through this. Uh, this one's from Patrick Dewan from our favorite uh, family of the Red Bull 2 uh, era, the, the Dewans. Of course, our, our good friend Arjun is also a Dewan. <laughs> Patrick is Arjun's father. Uh, gentlemen, thanks for keeping us entertained, enthused, and informed throughout this NYRB2 season. Even though we ultimately fell short of a title, I believe Coach Wolodek and his staff deserve every plot in, in what I would describe as a journey where boys became men on the pitch. Not in my wildest guesstimation did I expect them to contend for a trophy this year. While the mission of the two team is player development, the experience of going through the one-game knockout tournament will pay dividends in the years to come. Which, pl- which brings me to my question about the future. Besides evaluating the roster in terms of A, likely future first-teamer, or B, may have a first-team future long-term, is there any other criteria that the technical staff may use for roster evaluation? Thanks again, and may the Red Force be with you next season. (laughs) Bill, I'm going to kick this to you first. Before we tackle the whole uh, uh, idea of what criteria the the tech staff may use for for evaluating the roster, let's talk about uh, the, the, the guys this season uh, who you could see making a jump uh, to the MLS team and maybe finding some minutes. Uh, let's keep it to two players. Go ahead. So if I had to pick two players that would that would jump up, I definitely would say uh, I would think Ben Mines actually after hearing about the homegrown player that's coming up. So I would definitely pick Ben Mines. And for the second player. Oh, man, that's rough. After seeing that goal from Junior Flemings, I would almost say Junior Flemings, just based upon that goal. And he's been 
really going to, going at it towards the end of the season there and in the playoffs. Fair, fair. Uh, Anthony, two players. Um, I'm thinking, oh, wait, we're talking about guys who are not currently signed to Red Bull or guys who uh, just played the full year down there. Yeah, let's 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 open it to everybody. Okay, because I was going to say, I, I believe that Dan Metzger is going to get a tremendous amount of minutes next year. Um, there's going to be some turnover, and he's the kind of guy I think that can fill a gap that they desperately need as a defensive midfielder role, not necessarily someone pushing forward. Uh, and I think that Stefano Bonomo is going to be a potential for second striker next year because I don't think that Gonzalo Verón is going to be around. Um, so, yeah, those are the two guys I'm going to go with as uh, as being there next year. Yeah, I fully agree with all of your choices thus far. Also in the conversation, I think you have to include uh, these two guys, uh, both defenders. Noah Powder, uh, who I think... Uh, once he came in and settled down, it was fantastic. And maybe uh, having him for the playoffs might have made a difference in terms of, of maybe the games not being so close for the Tampa Bay and Louisville games. Um, because he also provided a little bit of an offensive spark, which I think they lost. Not that Cutler was bad at it. but uh, So I think he's someone that could definitely uh, benefit the first team, especially because they are a bit thin at the true left wing back position. And maybe even playing that that sort of system, if they stick with the three 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 one or whatever it was, uh, he would definitely be a, a natural fit for that side. Uh, and the other guy is Jordan Scarlett, who I think did a lot. I know he's still very raw, and I can't imagine him getting a lot of minutes if he does make the jump up. Uh, but I think he's somebody that certainly earned a look from the first team, especially knowing that there's there's probably going to be a, a, a bit of turnover on the back line uh, with the way that, that things kind of ended up and the fact that uh, Aurelian Collin and, um, uh, uh, oh, man, uh, Damian Paranel uh, were both on uh, sort of short-term contracts and obviously not getting any younger. The only thing I'll say about Jordan Scarlett is um, fitness is an issue. Mm-hmm. He was injured a few times this year, had moments where you were you, – kind of question his fragility um on on the field so hopefully if he if he can stay healthy he's everything you said that he is but he, he's he's got to keep that fitness yeah fully fully agree okay and then the second part it's weird how we kind of went through these questions but the second part uh is there any other criteria that you think the technical staff uh looks at in terms of of the roster evaluation I have an idea of, uh, of something. Maybe I'll, I'll jump in first, even. Um, I think one of the things, because of the nature of, of the Red Bull system, I think they're looking at, at those guys who have that uh, tireless uh, work rate and offer uh, a tremendous amount of athleticism. We've seen some of these um, homegrown players or players uh, from the academy that have guested with the team that don't really fit that mold and they've kind of come and gone. Even if they're they're decent players, uh, if they're not the kind of players who can press relentlessly uh, for 90 minutes, then they tend to not stick around for so long. Um, so I think that that's a big part of it, uh, the fitness and work rate. Bill, uh, what would be another criteria, you think? I think another criteria, too, is they, they want guys that are going to fit into their system and that 
can kind of change the way that they played to fit into their system and that are eager to, to learn and of course young players too and and they just want them to be players who are just going to attack and attack and keep on pushing so i think you definitely hit it there on the head and anthony um, I think that, and this is going to take a little bit of a different approach, um, I think that the team needs to analyze what other teams want and see if they have guys that don't fit their needs but fit other people's needs and use them as bargaining chips. Um, I, and, and, this is, and this isn't just a Red Bull thing. This is an MLS thing in general. Um, I've made no bones about it. I'm a huge baseball fan. And one of the things that happens with youth players in baseball is – a guy might not fit your team or your system, but that doesn't mean that he still can't be useful to you yeah. to acquiring players on other teams that do fit your system. So if there's a guy like, um, you know, and I've, and I've joked, you know, about David Abador and all, all this kind of stuff. David Abador, I don't believe fits the Red Bull system. I still believe David Abador is a good player, and he's the kind of guy that um, – if you had beyond this year and we don't know what his contract is, that you might be able to package him to another team somewhere to be able to get something that you need. Um, and, and, and there's a bunch of that in the first team as well that may, maybe, you know, like I, I thought this and this, this is going to be slightly off topic. Um, Mike Grella after 2015, yeah. I thought was a yeah. perfect trade bait. Was, was like af- after that year that you got something out of him that you never even expected. I was like, well, what do you need this year? Well, you traded Matt Miazga, so you need a defender. Um, package, package him somewhere and send him somewhere where they need him and they need him to start uh, in that offensive role and get a defensive piece somewhere else. I think that this team needs to evolve in that way to look at players and go, this isn't a guy for our system, but it's a guy that we can deal somewhere to get someone for our system. Yep, yep, fully agree. I think that would be a tremendous way for them to approach player acquisition uh, and, and development. Um, okay, last question. This one comes from Ed Ritter, friend of the show. He has uh, received a number of stickers, so uh, I think he's good to go. By the way, uh, Patrick and um, Gene, I don't think Gene has gotten a sticker yet. Uh, so make sure you, you send us your contact information. Patrick, I will definitely be able to run into you somewhere. I'm sure. Uh, but if not, send us your address. We'll make sure we get stickers out to you and the kids. Uh, Gene, you'll get one before 2030. <laughs> I have to apologize to uh, Kevin from the rampage. Cause I have not sent out his sticker yet because I'm so lazy. I'm so sorry, Kevin. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, last question. Ed Ritter. Um, was it too much pressure on Ben Mons to take the PK or is it rightly part of the learning uh, maturation process? Anthony. It, it, I don't think it has anything to do with with any of that. You know, he he was a he was the right substitute to put at that time. Fresh legs, um, has had a good eye for goal. When and when you get to the PK opportunity, um, you're not thinking. You don't call substitutes based on whether or not they can hit PKs. You call them in whether or not they can do the job on the field before you get to that point. So you know, at that point he was taking the PK either way yeah. and he was more than capable of hitting them. Uh, he just didn't this one time. And I don't think that that has any reflection on whether or not he can do it going forward. It's just what it was at that time. Yep. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay. We have made it to what is going to be, I think my favorite segment of the night. <laughs> okay. <laughs> These are, uh, 
they're not all tweets because I collected some of these from Facebook. But uh, Jimmy Kimmel does a thing where he makes celebrities read mean tweets uh, about themselves. And I thought it would be a great send off for the season uh, to get uh, some mean tweets directed uh, specifically at our good friend uh, and master troll Anthony Merced. Yes. <laughs> so I'm so I'm, excited. There might be a, a little bit of delay, but because I'm going to have to send these to Anthony, uh, you'll hear me clicking about. So please forgive the noise. Uh, but I'm going to send them to him in order of what I think is kind of, uh, you know, uh, not worst, uh, but uh, they're all I, they're going to build up. I, I think. Okay, so are you ready? I'm like Star Wars excited right now for these. They they start off a little bit slow, but I promise they do get better. Okay. okay. Okay, go ahead. Okay. I can't wait for the next Lego Batman movie. What the? Be- because of uh, um, what's his face? Uh, what? Dave Dave Franco. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it was I think it was Lego Ninja Go. I mean, I agree with that. I love Lego Batman. So I mean, I'm I'm on board with that. Yeah, I can't wait for it. I think I think some people didn't quite get the uh, the concept is that I wanted them to be like roast style uh uh comments but <laughs> so a couple of them are just kind of like huh all right here you go oh i like turtles <laughs> i like turtles too <laughs> okay and actually just say that i just uh, my wife and i this weekend watched pop star never stop stopping oh, i've heard lots of and there's things all, about that th- there's a whole part of it about maximus the turtle and i was very sad when maximus threw up all over andy sandberg and died <laughs> spoiler alert <laughs> Uh, hold on. Okay. Oh boy. I had to kind of fix it because I think. Uh, I've, uh, we're making this one safe for work. Is that what we're doing? No, no, no. I just, <laughs> Joe's still I, typing. I think it's it going to be a big one. I think, no, it's, <laughs> I don't think <laughs> the way that it was arranged was the best. So I'm doing a little punch up. Uh, okay. In the meantime, I'll just say we're renaming New York New Kristaps because of, uh, oh, here we go. Harambe weeps at how bad Merced is at analysis. Is this um, <laughs> is this Tolstoy or is this uh, like who on Twitter was this? Should, should I be saying the names of all these people? All right, so the first. I, mean, I, I, I guess I, you could guess it, the last one. Yeah, it wasn't a tweet. It wasn't a tweet. <laughs> was it? Was that Freelander? None of these have been tweets. Uh, they were all from the Facebook group. Um, oh, from the Facebook group. Okay. Well, and from the uh, the the last word Red Bull. Uh, chat <laughs> there's a couple of really good first off harambe doesn't weep because harambe is dead <laughs> <laughs> this one is fantastic hold on oh, there we go oh wait oh there you go merced wait who's merced you know i ask myself the exact same question every single day in an existential way it's like I, I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, "Who are you?" <laughs> okay, here we go. Why do you watch bad soccer every day? <laughs> Merced looks so homeless; he keeps almost getting thrown out of the press box. <laughs> wow! <laughs> what are they basing that on? Because, like, I mean, I mean, I'm not gonna lie; like, I, I do look pretty homeless. But, like, are people watching me? <laughs> Every step you take. And, 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 to be, and to be a heel, I'm just going to respond to that and say, 
I make more money than all of you, so I can look <laughs> and still make money. So okay, Ted DiBiase. Good luck. Good luck affording community college for your kids. All right, here we go. Um, <laughs> uh, if laughter is the best medicine, Merced's face is curing the world. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that? They deserve a sticker. I'm they gonna... deserve a sticker. There will be stickers sent out. Don't you worry. Okay. Wait. Who, wait. Like. Oh, wait. Can, can, can we please like say? Can we please say that person's name because they deserve love? Why? Well, that last one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. All right. I cheated a little bit. That one's for me. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh. Wow. I was not expecting that. I've got stickers. It's okay. <laughs> uh, give, give yourself a sticker, Joe, because that, that's my favorite one so far. I do promise that these were not all written by me, though. Okay. Okay. Wait, wait, okay. Merced wishes that his breath smelled as good as Harambe's, past and present. <laughs> <laughs> I love these. I love these so much. All right. And this is going to be the last one, and I think it is fantastic. <laughs> oh, God. I love that. Anthony Merced has more punchable face than Joe Buck. Oh, I, I'm so honored. Can you... I will be more honored if I can get a meme. The way that Joe, I don't know, but for anyone that watches baseball, um, Joe Buck is a constant meme of like his like weird face in between saying something, and they'll put like Game Seven. Joe Buck says, "Both both of these teams are in a must-win game." <laughs> so if you can was, make a meme of me like that i will love you guys forever i was gonna say your reaction to that had to be way more subdued you'd be like this is a very good thing that is happening oh i have there is no such thing as subdued with me <laughs> uh so that's it thank you so much guys for writing in your mean tweets i'm gonna contact uh each of you that i i read a or that anthony read a tweet from to get you some stickers uh, because you all deserve it. Thank you so much for, for making this season uh, special. I think we've had a really good time this year. Okay. Uh, one last thing I got. This was not a mean tweet, but just a message that uh, the moderator of the New York Red Bulls uh, Facebook discussion group uh, had put on that post that I, I, I was seeking out uh, mean tweets from. And it, I thought it was just kind of a nice message to anybody that uh, has not been out to MSU yet. <coughs> Anthony. Uh, 2017 was <laughs> a great season for Los Dos Boys. Folks need to make the trip and support the next generation of NYRB at MSU Soccer Park. The young guns really do appreciate it. Hope to see you all there in 2018. And we do too. Our last bit of business uh, after everything else, and thank you so much, Gary. Uh, th thank you for helping us uh, promote the show and Always being a good friend of the show. Um, last bit of business uh, before you know we close out. We need to figure out when we're going to get together for our soccer skills showdown, Anthony. Yes, when is that happening? I was now just that ask. the season's over, so we have some time. I feel like uh, we can get to it on a weekend, maybe maybe around Thanksgiving. We'll figure it out. But whenever we do that, we're going to get the video up for you guys to see. It will be uh, hopefully a train wreck. <laughs> uh, that we I will can all guarantee enjoy. it will be a train wreck because I am horrible at soccer. Oh man, I I'd love to win, so this will be fun. 
<laughs> Next thing you know, I'm going to be hitting curling shots into the top corner, and Joe's going to be like, well, he said he was horrible. You hustler. Okay. Uh, thank you so much, guys. If you want to follow us uh, on Twitter, I am at underscore Joe Goldstein. And I am at NYC Soccer World. And I'm at Bill TNJ. And of course, if you'd like to follow the show, and we really sincerely hope you do, we are at Raising Bull Cast. That's one bull, Raising Bull Cast. And as I said, that's all on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook.com slash Raising Bulls. We have a YouTube page. I have been very bad at updating it, uh, but there's going to be content up there once we do this soccer uh, skill showdown. Uh, just look up Raising Bull Podcast. You'll find the channel. Uh, you can visit our website at RaisingBulls.com. Every week you can write in questions to questions at RaisingBulls.com. That's questions at RaisingBulls.com. Where can you find us? RaisingBulls.com. Send questions to questions at RaisingBulls.com. I'm really hammering that home. Uh, we did get some questions this week, so thank you guys so, so much. You can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere you get your podcast. Please find us, rate us, review us, subscribe, uh, comment, uh, review. I already said review, <laughs> but it really does help. It means everything, uh, and it, it, it makes sure that we keep doing what we we're doing for you guys. Uh, this has been a, a fantastic season. I'm really proud of the way that the show has continued to grow. We hit 50 episodes this year, and uh, we're gonna hit you know many many more in the future. So thank you for tuning in all season, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Ha 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 ha! Come on, man! Why is my for somebody?